It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Welcome back to the John Katzmatidis Cats at Night show. John Katzmatidis, are you there? You're in Buffalo, correct? He's there. And then we've got Judge uh, Weinberg here. We also have Chairman Ed Cox on the line. We have Andy McCarthy. He's a columnist now for the National Review. He also served as the Assistant U.S. District Attorney for the Southern District of New York. And now uh, welcome back to Cats at Night, Andy McCarthy. Great to be with you. Thanks. So I have to talk about, we haven't talked to you since uh, House Speaker, the Kevin McCarthy, what was it, 15 rounds? He finally got it. And he act, he promised over the past couple of years that when the GOP took control of the House, he would remove Representatives Schiff, Swalwell, and Omar from their respective committees. And he did just that. He followed through on that promise. That's, that's a big deal because these were some powerful committee assignments. Well, it's a big deal because these were powerful committee assignments. And I also think it's a big deal because the January 6th committee um, was so notorious in breaking norms uh, of the House in order to get uh, to, to make an investigation wholly about uh, Trump in connection with the Capitol riot. And in that connection, uh, they refused to seat. Uh, people who were uh, representatives who were selected by the Republican leadership. So obviously, you know, what goes around has to come around in politics. Otherwise, it keeps, uh, you know, you can't have one side uh, unilaterally disarming while the other one breaks all the norms. So I think this had to be done uh, for that uh, for that reason, as well as uh, because it was a commitment that they made and should have kept. Andy, it's Richard Weinberg. What do you think about the uh, the theatrics of the election of the Speaker last week? Do you think that's going to hurt the uh, leadership of uh, Kevin McCarthy? you think it's going to hurt the chances of the Republicans going forward electorally? Yeah, Judge, you know, I think it's one of those things where it was a big story when it was going on because nothing else was going on. I'd be surprised if we remember the details of it about six weeks from now, you know, when other – other things take place. And I always think, you know, if you're talking about elections that aren't going to take place for another two years, we have no clue what we're going to be voting about two years from now. But I suspect this will have very little to say about it. The one silver lining I would say is, you know, for all the people who were whining about uh, how McCarthy weakened the speaker's position by cutting all these deals, that might be good for the country. It was it, the fact that, uh, you know, a strong speaker's position was good for Nancy Pelosi and good for the speaker. Doesn't mean that the way the dysfunctional way that the House has run, not just in recent years, but for a very long time, is something that badly needed to be corrected. So I don't really care what happens to the speaker's position. I, I care like the House of Representatives functions in a way that somewhat approximates what the framers had in mind in creating it. And John Katzmatidis, you're still there, correct, sir? I am still here, but we have, me and Bert Flickinger, we have to go to our next meeting uh, in Buffalo. And uh, and Real quick, glad... why are you there? Uh, well, well, we spoke in front of the Buffalo Club in, uh, and uh, 150 of the leading business people in Buffalo and it was really a, a great opportunity because we do a lot of business up here in this area, and it's a great area and uh, a lot of great people. And uh, Bert Flickinger's family is part of the founding uh, families of Buffalo. So we wanted to say goodbye, and uh, 
thank you all, and uh, thank you for uh, pitching in for me. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. We'll hold down the fort. Now, uh, Chairman Cox, you had a question? Yeah, uh, Andrew, uh, the student loan safety net that's just been announced by the Biden administration, uh, why isn't that a forgiveness program such as uh, being challenged in courts at the moment, it looks like? It probably uh, be ruled uh, uh, that it's un- unconstitutional, that it should be done by Congress. Well, I, you know, I think Ed, that this is kind of what we actually expected Biden to do when he did the so, the lawless decree that doesn't have any foundation uh, in statutes. I mean, I, th- I think the application of that um, post 9-11 statute that Biden relied on is on its face ludicrous. What what everybody kind of expected before Biden made that announcement was that he would use these laws that uh, I think were started in the Clinton era and then uh, were tweaked in the uh, Obama era, which actually uh, it it shouldn't have happened. But it is a a case of Congress giving the president broad authority to change the terms uh, of payment of these loans. So. He doesn't have the authority under them to out and out forgive them, but uh, he can do things like, uh, or at least things have been done in the past, such as, um, you know, developing a formula that relies on how much income a person has uh, and what percentage of that would have to be taken up by uh, paying back loans. And it's kind of a backdoor forgiveness, but it's not exactly the same thing. And, and, but the Biden program actually, it, and it's playing off those, yes, there's a certain cap uh, on uh, what you have to pay. But in the end, uh, if you make that cap low enough as a percentage uh, and provide for forgiveness at a certain point, isn't that the same as a forgiveness program? Well, I, I think it is, except that it's a statute of, of Congress that uh, has a lot of elasticity in it, unfortunately, which if he pushes it to the brink, you know, I, I think if I were arguing the other case, as, you, as you've just articulated, I would say that as a practical matter, there's no real difference between, um, you know, what what Biden has done that we that most of us agree emphatically was lawless and what he's doing here. But I think what they'll uh, what they'll say in response is that he's following the statute and it's, uh, you know, it's not his fault that Congress gave the president all this power that Congress shouldn't have given the president. Andy, you had two recent articles in which you uh, said that there's a very substantial question about whether Biden should be impeached for his failure to enforce the immigration laws and protect the borders. We had Alan Dershowitz on uh earlier on the show, and his view is that these are not impeachable offenses. What are your views? Yeah, well, I, I always hesitate to say I think Alan is wrong because he's a brilliant guy. But I think the highest obligation that a president has uh, is national security uh, and border security. And that what the frame is, I wrote a book about impeachment back in 2014 and discovered in the research for the book that what the framers were uh, most concerned about when they put the impeachment provision in the Constitution, which Madison regarded as indispensable in terms of getting good behavior out of the chief executive. What they were most worried about was a president who acted uh, on behalf of foreign interests that were uh, either hostile to the United States or against American interests. seems to me that what we have going on down at the border uh, is basically an invasion, even though it's not necessarily an armed invasion. Uh, and 
we can't sustain a country if we continue to have illegal immigration at the level of three million a year, which will quickly become, you know, somewhere between six and eight million a year. And who knows? I mean, people are just estimating once uh, Title 42 is rescinded. So, uh, you know, president's obligation is to do border security. The Biden administration, Bi President Biden, uh, is not doing border security and he's not allowing the states to do it. And P.S., the House Republicans are about to uh, impeach. I think one of them filed uh, an article of impeachment, maybe more than one, against Mayorkas, who is the uh, Homeland Security Secretary. And uh, I, I must say, you know, I, I'm, I'm not against uh, articles of impeachment against subordinate officials, but Mayorkas is carrying out Biden's policy and what the framers had in mind when they created a unitary executive was accountability so that the president couldn't hide behind subordinate officials or a privy council. Uh, they wanted him to be politically accountable for the misconduct of the executive branch. Well, it is incredible and also incredible to me, Andy McCarthy, is the fact that we're talking about these Biden classified documents, Fox News, and I'm sure some other conservative stations. Well, we're not a conservative. We're down the middle. But you're seeing on CNN and these other mainstream media outlets, they, they're they making no mention of it whatsoever. It's just so absolutely incredible just how partisan the mainstream media has now become. So thank you so much, Andy McCarthy. We look forward to speaking with you again. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you. It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network.